Welcome to the Statesman X podcast. Today, I'll be talking to Chimeka Oswagu, a friend of mine, writer and filmmaker. We talk about the journey so far, the filmmaking landscape in Nigeria, and what the future holds. The audio quality of this podcast would improve over time. For now, I hope you enjoy and share. tell me a, a bit about like what you're doing now like who you are and, and what you do generally okay um i'm chemical swagu i am a freelance screenwriter like i write for tv and film i haven't like done much outside they actually just started writing films it's still my the first film i wrote just got shot like last week so basically i basically write with tv in tv because like in nigeria mostly how if you want to be a writer you want to actually feed yourself you have to be writing constantly and the best way to write constantly is by writing episodes of television yeah that's basically what i do I'm, yeah right now the i'm working on one major project then like a few small projects i'm a staff writer on a show on Africa on Africa Magic. A show that's going to air on Africa Magic this year. I can't say the yeah. name yet for legal purposes. But yeah, then you worked on you worked on a couple of shows the, already now. I remember like I think I sent you a screenshot one time and when I saw your name on on you wrote a couple of episodes for Hush. I know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I wrote I wrote quite a few episodes for Hush. I wrote on, on the last show that is still airing right now, so Forbidden. Then I wrote on the sixth season of Sugar. That's the third season of Sugar Ninja. MTV Sugar. Yeah. That's pretty much like the only thing that I've written that any people can just go online and check because every episode is on YouTube. Yeah. All right. That, that, that sounds really good. Yeah. Um... How did you how did you get into into screenwriting? I know I know like I remember like in CU and all you know how does one go from from CDS and you know um, Gutenberg or something to so like enter yeah, yeah it was it was wild because like after like graduation and everything I was like okay I want to try and <clears throat> do something like do some screenwriting so like in January of oh, of 2014, I started writing stuff down. But like, I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just writing stuff in Microsoft Word. I didn't have any screenwriting software. <clears throat> then I met a few people. All of us wanted to like make stuff, try to make a film, but we shot it, but like stuff scattered after afterwards, and the film couldn't get like edited and everything. So it was like back to square one. It was around like June or July of 2014. So after that, I was like texting um, Isti Halim, and she said, "Oh, I interviewed some one guy that is a writer. He used to write for Tinsel, and he writes. He wrote, created, wrote and created a show for Ebony Life. I'm going to send you like the interview so you can read about it, and maybe you can contact the guy. Then I now 
read the interview and I had watched the show on Ebony Life and I liked it. Um, was, um, the name of the show was Dowry. So I was just like thinking, okay, what, how can I get across to this guy? Oh, it's like it's like this is like August or something. I give um I find the guy, his name is Victor Sanchez Agawa. So I find him on Facebook and I send him a long message basically saying how far I'm a young writer, I'm trying to like get in the game. I don't know if it will be possible for him to send you stuff, but if it's possible, can I get your email? Then he replied me like I was shocked, almost immediately he replied me. And I sent him stuff. Like few of the short stuff I'd written. Some stuff I'd posted it on the blog. Yeah, a few of the like short films and stuff I'd, I'd written. Then like after a, a week or so, he I got a call from him and he asked to meet up at his friend's place. So me I was hyped. Sat me down and told me, Okay, I read all your stuff. They were all bad. All of them were bad. But there's something there. Because, like, I didn't format any of the scripts properly. I didn't, like, I didn't know how to format. I didn't know anything about that. But he felt like there was some storytelling, yeah. like, talent yeah. there. Yeah, so from there, there was, like, 2014. Like, towards the end of my NYSE. So, I started, like, reading... I'm reading, reading like tons of scripts, tons of scripts for TV and movies, just learning editing and stuff. Then I rewrote two of the shows. And re reading and scripts like already made or just like, because I know like... Already made, like... Like not... Already just, made scripts. Just some scripts for Nigerian movies. I know like online you can have access to like scripts of movies that have been made. Yeah. That's, that's what you did basically. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was doing basically. So I can understand like... Um, <clears throat> so I can understand like um, how to properly edit a script. Then I was reading about story structure because I every like I think everybody in the world has an idea of how to tell a story in their head somewhere, but like you have to put it. You have to understand story structure for film and for TV to be able to like adapt what you have in your head as in as naturally as a human being and be able to tell a coherent story. So like I was learning about all that stuff, then I rewrote those two, sh two of those shots, sent them back to him, and he liked them. Then he said, then from there he now put me in an emailing list, where he was sending us like, um, what you call articles and stuff about, just about general stuff about science, about where ideas come from and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I started reading about stuff, reading about Darwin and. A lot of stuff, sure. Just like to increase my, to broaden my perspective on yeah. things. So I just started reading it. Was that like a, the guy had like some kind of protege list or something where he was sending out stuff to you? Yeah, guys. he had like a mailing list at at the time. Yeah, he had like a mailing list because I remember there were a lot of people that I work with now that were on that list. Yeah. So, um, fast forward to like 2015. We are. I'm like. I started working in an estate firm, 2015. It was miserable. But I'm like, every month I'm writing a short or doing something every month. every month. And I'm selling right. things. Yeah, but like, I was, yeah, I needed to make money. That's why I, I needed the job now. So I was sending stuff, sending stuff. In that time, again, I met some other people 
that wanted to write stuff, I wrote stuff, didn't get paid. Normal wahala we have here where people, you do work for people and they don't pay you. So, so I'm working nine to five. Every day I come back from work, from work, I'll write, write, write. Then I now had an idea for like a TV show. And I started <clears throat> writing this idea down. I started like developing it, developing characters, developing the structure of the show, the theme of the show, the tone of the show. Was it is a sitcom? It hasn't been made yet, but like it's a sitcom. Anyhow, so I sent this to him, and he's like, "Oh shit, he really likes it." And I think I'm not sure, but I think maybe that was something that made him think, "Oh, this guy can do TV, like can write for yeah. TV." And at this time, he was still a director on Tinsel. So, and he was a director on Tinsel. And I think he was like um, a showrunner on a show that was on African Magic at the time, Hotel Majestic. And like from Hotel Majestic, African Magic, that shows are two sixty episodes. So they shoot right you write and shoot two hundred and sixty episodes in a year. So it's a lot. So you have a lot of opportunities to like write scripts for a year. So that's how like by around August, like the work was really my night five was really like weighing heavy on me. And I was really like messing with my head. Then by like October, I told myself, okay, I'm going to quit. I told my parents, I'm going to quit. They were like, oh, what are you going to do after? I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do after. I'm going to find a way to make more money. But I'm going to quit. I have to quit. Then I started like rounding up all the work I had to do, like rushing everything. And they were, I'm sure in the office, they were like, ah, this guy is really efficient. Really they efficient. had no idea. Finishing all his work. <laughs> they had no idea, man. I was trying to get out. I emptied my desk slowly. Then, the, like literally, like a, a day before, I was meant I was meant to quit on a day, but I got sent on an assignment at the airport. I was at the airport all day. I couldn't quit. I was like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to quit. That's how, as I'm heading back home, I get a call from this guy, um, Victor, and he's like, oh, Chemeka, Africa Magic is doing a telenovela, two sixty episodes. The head writer of the show. He said, I'm like, he was like, I'm the creative consultant. The head writer of the show is going to call you in like a few minutes. When he calls you, he's going to ask you to send a like writing sample to him. Send it chapter. I'm like, holy shit. So what's a good one? I had everything. So <laughs> it's about good down. So all that stuff happened. I sent the head writer was Christy Hidero. I sent the stuff to him. But like the the next day because he now called me and was like, okay, we're having a short workshop, a three-day workshop <clears throat> from Wednesday to Friday, and I want you to come. So Wednesday, I was meant to go to work. I told them I'm sick. Went to the, I told them, like, I'm very sick, so I won't be around for a few days. Went there Wednesday, just got thrown into the lion's den. It was insane, because writing for TV is wild. Everything you think you know is like, that's not it. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane because there are a lot of writers in the same room and everyone is just like experienced and experienced that experienced storytellers and they've been doing story doing telling stories for a long time. Me, I'm just like I'm estate surveyor, just writing stuff in, a, yeah. in my notebook. So I was thrown in there and then everybody was pitching stuff. I was pitching stuff. Some of the stuff I pitched was bad. It was thrown out. Some of the stuff I pitched stuck. I got into 
to the show. Then after, from there, the head writer of that show, um, Chrissy Hidero, <clears throat> after the workshop experience, like I go home, I had some assignments, I got paid, I think for three days, I got paid like, what's how much I got paid? I got paid, sure, for three days. I was like, what? I did work for three days and these guys are paying me. <laughs> when I, like, I'll work for one month and my boss will be, will be forming, he can't pay money now. Anyhow, sure, so like, <clears throat> we were... I was sorry, like I was after the workshop, I was just chilling at home. Then the head writer called me. I was like, Oh, I'm having a workshop for a show that my friend wants to do. Just a small workshop, ten days. We'll come you come to Lecky and we'll just like start the workshop from there. We'll come up with characters, develop stories, come up with twenty six episodes worth of worth of show. I was like, fam, okay, or anything. No be money. Yeah, you're trying to get experience now, yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to get experience. So, like, anything that was coming out, fam. Then I went there. It was an insane experience again. Well, like, that was built in December of 2015. Then from there, that's, like, when my career as a, a screenwriter started. Then things just took off from there. And now you're, you're doing it, like, that's what you do right now, professionally. Yeah, professionally, full time. That's that's, that's sick, man. So maybe let's drill down some more into like the stuff you're working on, and generally like the landscape okay. for making like TV shows and and movies in in Nigeria. Yeah, so Nigeria. like I, I know like you you worked okay. on you worked on Hush, um, like you said you worked on yeah. Um, for for those who don't know, Hush is a soap on on African magic. After yeah. magic. And then um Forbidden and I think you worked on Eve as well. Yeah, I worked on Eve. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that. Yeah, I worked on Eve. Yeah, like um on a, it's a legal like slash family drama. So, so basically like could you say a bit like about like um how I put it now, generally like the landscape for, for making these shows in Nigeria, it seems like you know they're concentrated on Afmag, either Afmag or Ebony Life TV. Like, are those the only guys making TV shows right now? And what do you think about you know the if you can call them for lack of a better word, the studios behind these these TV shows? Okay, okay. I think <clears throat> most, more uh, like the biggest sh- the biggest shows. In terms of like budgets and everything that are being made, are made by African Magic. Like all the biggest shows, budgets and everything, African Magic. Then also, um, Ebony Life TV and Iroko makes a lot of shows, like a lot. Iroko TV, they have like three channels on their TV now. Rock One, Two, and Three. Well, or they, like they that. make their own content. They make like they make their own content now. Yeah, they make their own content. They make a lot of TV shows. Then I think this. Besides those big names, almost everyone else that does shows does it independently. So, like, because basically the Nigerian film and TV industries and independent film and TV industries, there are, no, there are not a lot of big studios that fund a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff is independently funded. Most of the films are got with funds by, uh, what made with funds that are got by, like, the producer and by the director themselves. Wow. Every, most of it is independent, yeah. There aren't, like, there aren't any, like, 
studios or something. You know, like how when you watch all these movies, now like, you see you see one or two. Yeah, what? Yeah, Warner Brothers, yeah. them, um, all that stuff. Yeah, it, I think besides like now, like Ebony Life makes Ebony Life is a big studio. Um, Africa Magic is a big studio. It's a big network that makes a lot of TV shows. It like a lot of TV shows every year. They produce a lot of content. Iroko is. I don't think in terms of I think in terms of like exposure, especially to people that are not that are outside Nigeria because it's on, it's online. Iroko is very is big as well, and they make a ton of content. They make tons of movies, like tons. They make tons of TV shows. So those are the big ones that you consider to be like equivalent to like what you call studios over there. But like everyone else is just slugging it out. How would you like, describe like the how would you describe like the scale of, of like production? Because you know, like for example, in in Hollywood, the, the studios even go as far as having like huge sets where you know everything is is yeah. created and then shot and then like yeah, they, they build, build everything from scratch. From scratch. So yeah. like in in Nigeria or in Lagos, like how how are these like TV shows made? Do you guys have sets or is it still we give thanks to Mr. Biggs and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mix of the two because okay for example now Unforbidden we built there are a lot most of the sets like there are a lot of office sets there are a lot of um, houses and stuff most of them were built from scratch because they're like very good like set designers and guys that work on and production designers that build sets for like our productions so like in forbidden the offices were built from scratch like there was an abandoned building they just emptied it out and like built stuff from nothing offices were built from scratch a lot of the characters houses were like bedrooms living rooms all that stuff kitchen everything was built from scratch then even the film that i just that i just that i wrote that just got shot a lot of the stuff was built from scratch as well so it's a mix of that and the other ones. But again, that's for if you have the money. But like if it's, it's I think because the way the Nigeria is set up, you have to think in terms of money and in terms of how much money you're going to spend based on how much money you can possibly, possibly make. So if you're in a situation where you like see a house that is perfect for what you're doing, fam, you just stuff in that house if you don't if you don't have to spend you don't need money to building build something, yeah. big sets yeah if you don't have to spend money just you won't spend money but like there are a lot of people that do all these um what we call like epic movies like all those movies set in like the village in the past and everything those yeah. warriors and stuff those ones build all those sets wow. there's even a show that is currently airing on african magic called ajoche and it's set in like i don't know like a hundred a few centuries ago and it's a it's set in like a big village and they built the village from scratch all the huts all the, the like king's palace everything they built from scratch so, like, to, to, so that's because like, so the question to that like uh, in terms of like technical expertise like how would you describe like the state of the people like working in the industry now in terms of like you know knowing knowing how to use like state of art equipment or 
stuff like that. Like, would you say like the industry locally has advanced at that stage, or are you guys like still lagging behind? I think because if you look at it, like what most people consider to be the first quote unquote Nollywood film is Living in Bondage, and that came out in 1992. So technically, the industry is like 26, 27 years old. However, um, yeah, um, what I'll say is that where there are a lot. There are a lot of people who have trained like abroad and come back and have the technical expertise to use whatever equipment that are there. Then there are a lot of, like there are a lot of people who have worked abroad and worked over there, learnt whatever they've learned, gone to school, come back and they've taught people over here in Nigeria. However, the same thing the problem still goes back to money. Like if you can use a particular camera, you know how to use a camera. But there's no money to rent the camera, or there's no one like in the country that has that particular camera that you want to use to rent. You have to now get from, you have to buy from abroad or get something from abroad. Then there's really no point using it. It's all down to the economy. It's all down to money. Last last. But like the people, because yes, we're behind, but we're supposed to be behind. Hollywood is like a hundred years old. So like this, wow, there's a lot of catch. It's over 100 years old. So like there's a lot of catching up that we have to do, but we're already like 80 years behind. But eventually, I think, like, because I love like younger people that are working today and are making very good stuff, like with limited resources. <clears throat> that are making like really good films, like limited resources, and have this expertise because they studied film abroad or because they're obsessed with films that were made abroad and they have gone to learn on their own and whatever. So yeah. How, 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 how do like these, these shows like make money? Like how do they get returns? Like um does Africa Magic buy the rights, Genesis and then they pay the producer or or what? Like is it based on your DSTV subscription that Africa Magic is making or ads on the show? Okay. Okay, yeah, exactly ads. Because all those shows, the um, Hush, Forbidden, Najoche, Photo Majestic, all of them, that are made by Africa Magic. They're like Africa Magic Commission yeah. shows. So when they air them, they sell ad space. So that's how most, that's how TV shows like um, make money. Most TV shows make money, ad space. We make um, It's just yeah. a big billboard. Aside from like money, like what what are the like challenges like do you you know come across like making making movies or, or TV shows in Nigeria? Sure, I didn't get that. So aside from aside from money, like what what are the challenges like do you like come across like making movies and, and making like TV shows in, in Nigeria? Nigeria, aside from money, aside from money, uh, um, let me think, let me think. Aside from money, maybe. Okay, like if you're shooting outside now, in particular areas, agros will come, like area boys and agros will just come out and start harassing you. They'll seize your camera. Now it's normal. Then, so that's like a safety thing. Then, next thing, I said, but fam, money stops nonsense. Yeah. So, like, yeah, if, you, <laughs> like, like <laughs> if you have money, you, all this nonsense won't be there. Everything like, comes down have, to money in the end. Everything comes down to money mostly. Because, even if agro is like something, you pay them small money, to go away. Money stops nonsense. 
Okay. Then, because our crews are very hardworking in Nigeria. I think we're even, a lot of us are like overworked because we do it. We have to do a lot of jobs at the same time. That's a, that's a good a good segue into like, uh, I would say some, some things that I would say I observe, like, you know, watching locally made movies and, and TV shows. I, I, want, I want you to like maybe say a bit about like, um, storytelling and what, what your thoughts are on the kind of stories that are being told, told. in Nigeria now and all. I, I, there seems to be like a glut of, how do I put it down? How, how, how people seem to determine quality in Nigeria, to my mind, seems to be on the quality of the camera or like quality, yeah, of, yeah. quality of production and all. And people aren't really like thinking through like, like, you know, making, making, good stories or or you know ma- making stories stories that, that stick i know we, we went through a phase in nigeria where every, everything was entirely evil stepmother or evil stepfather yeah. stuff like that and then the pastor will come and and save the day o- occasionally pe- people double in some people doubled in like some hero stories but for a long time it was just jazz it was strictly about about yeah, jazz yeah. yeah and then after a while we started doing love stories yeah exactly yeah. i think yeah. like what, back then like because that was like the vcd and dvd market time mm-hmm. like if a film that are doing jazz works everybody start making films that are doing jazz if a love story works everybody starts doing love stories but back to your question mm-hmm. of like um storytelling and stuff <clears throat> i think and the whole glossy um good camera um well produced film thing is is i think a lot of people because they seen one of the issues that we had in nigeria in the nigerian film industry being that we had like low quality visuals so they focused a lot of energy on getting the visuals right but in spending a lot of the time on visuals there's not enough money to get the story tight because, like, there was a, I was on Twitter um, yesterday, I can't remember whether it was yesterday or two days ago, and a director was talking about how, fam, in Nigeria, people complain about, like, a lot of the quality of things we do. And they want us to make Game of Thrones with Papa Adia's school budget. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. And, again, another guy, another director now replied, and I was like, fam, we can't even afford to get good scripts. Because they can get scripts, but they can't get a lot, a lot of um, films that have that problem, they, can't, they have scripts, but they don't have good scripts. Like, I watched some films. Obviously, I won't name anyone, but, like, I watched some and I'm, and I, I'm I, like... I, I was going to name some, so are you not allowed to talk about... Uh, uh, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me not talk about... I know about those. Let me not say. I'll just listen to you. <laughs> because they're, like, they're a lot that are... That the main problem... In Maker, I watch films, I'm like... If I saw this thing before you guys shot, I would have pointed out this is the problem, this is the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. Fix this stuff. Because, like, I do um, story consulting as well, where people like send me scripts that they want to produce, and I tell them these are the problems of your script and the story. This is how you should fix the problem. Then they pay me for that. So I, I do that as well. Yeah, but, I, I, like, I, I, yeah, I, get you the impression, I get the impression that, I don't know whether I can correct this impression, but I get the impression that 
people are just lazy. Like, you know, that, that, that's actually the impression I get that um, a lot of these filmmakers are, are lazy because I, I, don't, I don't believe that, you know, that is the, that is the height of um, storytelling ability that we have in, in the country. Hell no, 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 no. Yeah, so, so it, it, it occurs to me that, you know, people really are, are just lazy and it's, it's a case of not thinking through things through. What do you think? Do you think that's the case or... I'm, I'm, I don't think it's, mo- it's laziness. I think it's more of lack of appreciation for the art of storytelling and lack of appreciation for the importance of writers. Like, th- there's this one thing that always happens where a producer will come to you and be like, oh, I want you to write this thing for me. <clears throat> I want you to write, like, a film. You call money. Because, like, if, like, if you're not a small boy, like, in the industry, you call money, like, okay, I want such and such. Let's say... 100k or 350k for your film. The guy was like, 350k for film? I'll just give my brother to write it. Isn't it just to write him? I would have written it by myself. That's what all of them say. Like, they give them a handbook. Oh, I would have written I can't even write it by myself. So what do they do? They go to one... And the thing is that in Nigeria, because everybody's hungry, if you say you can't write something for 350k, for less than 350k, they'll find someone that will do that same job for them for 100k. Definitely, you know. Yeah, and that person will not have the expertise and will not know the intricacies of storytelling and what makes a story good. And they'll just write whatever they're writing. And because, like, most of the producers are pressed for time, they're like, just bring out the script. If they read it and it's, in, to them, coherent enough, not coherent, but like, eh, just okay, they'll shoot. That's enough. They'll just shoot because they're rushing. They'll just hurry up and shoot. I, I, there's a friend of mine that he, <clears throat> his friend called him to, he wrote, he, um, his friend called him to like a test. And while they were shooting, he was helping them rewrite the script. On the spot like that? Yeah, on the spot. <laughs> you know, you, because you, they were like, they were rushing. You, you, you hear that, you hear that, you know, back in the day, all them, um, uh, Sofia movies and all that, like those movies that they used to make them in, in two weeks or in one week. And uh, yeah. some, somebody would just have an idea and they would just gather some people and say, okay, let's just do it. And in the middle, of the, yeah, in the middle of, the mo- of, of the movie, they would just be t- changing the story. Uh, as, yeah. As uh, uh, also, yeah. like, beyond, the, beyond even just like the overall story itself, it seems like people underestimate the importance of, of dialogue and, and they, don't, they don't realize that in, in a scene or in a situation where you have two people like Jonas said, they they can't just be talking like like generic, like generic boy and girl yeah, or generic father and daughter. <clears throat> Jonas like you have to you yeah. have to think to towards making it. Um, because dialogue is, dialogue is like music. It has it's like it has it has to be sing songy. It has to feel like music when you're listening to it. because if you have a scene that is dialogue heavy and people are going back and forth, it has to feel like either like a song or you're watching like a tennis game and you, you're trying to keep up because it's so enthralling. That's what it's supposed to be. And you can't do it by just writing, hey, how are you? Well, I'm fine. So why are you going? No, I'm not going anywhere. You have to like write it in a way exactly. that is entertaining. Exactly. How are you? I'm, I'm fine. Have you eaten? No. Yeah. So, no. Well, it's like, I don't care. It's it's, I, and the best dialogue like that is dialogue that sounds mundane but isn't. Because characters are not meant to sound like real human beings. As you're, as you're talking, 
Are you talking about yeah. like sounds mundane, but is it my, my mind is going to pop fiction and the scene with yeah, Samuel, exactly. Samuel L. Jackson and um, John Travolta in the car? Yeah. Like like the whole it's thing not, about, the whole thing about, about, yeah, about the whole, burger. Yeah, about the burger and you know, um Royale. Like yeah, they have, have the metric system. Like it, it sounds it sounds totally random, but 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 it's not, you know, and it's then they not. go on they go on to the conversation about uh, about massaging feet. And, and whether or yeah. not it's it's a uh, it's a platonic thing to do stuff like that. Yeah, and it's set up and payoff because like the setup, like the setup was talking about the real cheese. The payoff was when he used the same said real cheese when before they killed those guys in the room. Mm. Then even talking about the massaging, the setup was just talking about. Then the payoff was the date with the boss's wife. So it all has to tie, and that's what makes it impressive. That's what makes the dialogue good. But like in a lot of people don't care. I think that's that's an issue. And a lot of people that write, it's not even their fault, I think. Because there are a lot of writers that are not that are not yet good enough but don't want to try and become good enough. So, so let, let, let's even go into let, let me see like further detail. I I know you said like you know you don't want to talk about like specific movies or anything yeah. so, so maybe i'll just be the one to to share my thoughts on on, on what i see yeah, I'll, I'll just i'll just nod from where i am <laughs> i'm i've i've been impressed with like a couple of the movies i've i've seen on netflix like nigerian movies and i would say like the the diversity you know of stories that have been told um and yeah. so, some some of the actors that in my opinion are are standing out to me, so I I just watched um, I just watched Chief Daddy, not yes. not long not long ago, and to be honest, I was actually impressed. I, I expected to be I expected to be disappointed. Okay. I expected to be disappointed, but I was actually impressed, even though <clears throat> even though the story is is relatively generic. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm quickly trying to to go through. My, my Netflix um, just like to see like some some of the ones that that I, I, f- I found that, that stood out to me. There, there's one there's one called um, Taxi Driver, Bomber yeah, Express. Oko, Oko, yeah, Bomber Bomber Express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the, there are a lot of newer voices that are making films right now. There are a lot of so that's why we're getting. Although like the majority of films are like the same ones that we've known before. But that going like that, a lot of newer voices. It's just about these newer voices getting opportunities to make what they want to make, and getting opportunities to have that film stay in the cinema long enough for them to actually make some money. Yeah, I don't know if you know if you know this one. Um, out of luck, I was particularly yeah. impressed. Oh yeah, I know out of luck. I was particularly impressed impressed with with the story, like about like um, um one of the Baba Jebu guys who got in trouble with a. With the local gangster, Jonathan, like yeah, w- yeah. watching it, I-, I was impressed with generally like just the relatively unknown cast and you know the type of story they were they were they were trying to tell. Yeah, I, th- I think those films are good. I think the only issue in Nigeria now is about with those films is not even the films is the distribution, in that it's hard for people to see them. Most people haven't seen any of those films. Like in cinemas, most people didn't see them because, like, most of them spend like only two weeks in the cinema, then they're out, and they don't because the producers don't have enough money for like enough like heavy marketing 
So the movies eventually have to have another life on streaming platforms. And that's how most people discover them. Yeah, and, and who knows how many people have access to, you know, who are yeah. devoting to watch all this stuff so on, on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. You know, that's, 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 that's really un, 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 unfortunate. Um, like, yeah. and, and in terms of, like, like sitcoms as well, like, um, the ones that I, I see that like, getting traction, uh, these ones with these, let me call them tired guys, like this show with Basket Mouth and Nikki Bakasi. Um, what's yeah, that flat uh, my flatmate. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that might have been fun, like in two thousand and two or two thousand and three. But you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if, if that's really where, where we should be, or just like where money, money, money should, should be going into in in this day and age. I I, I feel like there there's a lot of, of stories that we don't get. To, when I get into tell currently because you know either people don't have money to fund or people are not just even thinking. Uh, yeah. I think pe- I think well. people I think people are even thinking of because like I me like a lot me and like all my writer friends we have like ideas that are like wild and are very different from your basic um, TV show, but again. I think money is the big problem. Like, if we had, if, like, in Nigeria now, there were a lot of that were interested in investing in the film industry, like, there were a lot of financiers, a lot of stuff would get made. I would see immediately the Nigerian film and TV industry would explode. If we had financiers for TV, if we had, like, more cinemas and more, there was more, there were more people pumping money into the film industry, we would have more of these stories but i think again what we're, we're a very small industry why a lot smaller than people think what, what do you think about the quality of, of actors available right now to me some, some of my favorites my favorite actors right now uh linda age of four i think she's fantastic yeah um, yeah linda age of four is fantastic yeah um this adelawi as well oh uh, Adel- i think adelawi is like the best Actor, yeah. Like the best, yes, yeah, she's like, um, she's very good. Yeah, like if you see how, see how like she's very good. Yeah, I, 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 I've been impressed with her in everything that I've seen her in. Um, and then this, I saw this girl in, in the movie with Uche Opia, and I was, I was blown away. Like the movie's called When Love Happens. I, I think she's a fantastic. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. I remember when Love Happens. Is it the lead girl in When Love Happens? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I can't I, remember I, her name now. I, 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 I can't remember. We I think she's like the daughter of this um, legendary Ruth um, Opia newscaster on NT. Okay. Yeah, she's she's yeah she's this she's this. I think that I love good actors in that like good actors that like care about that craft and are very good at that craft. Really? Like that, yeah. That I think there are. You have to find that the ones that have been acting around, acting for some time, like that. There, you may not have seen them before in anything big, but that they a lot of them are on stage acting as well. But again, because I know a lot of opportunities for like big, there are not a lot of opportunities for like a lot of um, films or TV shows, so you don't get to see a lot of these people. Then I love older actors that like disappeared for some time, but are very good. 
then all they need is just one like show or something to like bring them back out. Like on Forbidden, there's this actress, Rekiata. I hadn't seen her in years, in like a long time. And she was casting Forbidden and she's am- she's she's amazing. Basically. She's amazing. Even like but she's one of the older ones. Then the young ones that I think that a lot more actresses that are top top shelf right now, Sha. Like a lot more of the younger actresses that are top shelf, not so much the actors, but I love great actors as well. There's um what's this guy's name? What's this guy's name? Shit. Um Paul Utomi is a good actor. You have um oh what's this guy's name? This um Bimbo Dukoya's son, what's his name? PJ um PJ Dukoya. Um you have I love people, Sha. I love people that are really that are like very good actors. I mean you have Aka, Nani. You have a lot of them, Sha. and I guess like you're just obviously need to be able to pay these guys to be able to get them to yeah. movies. Yeah, you have to. That there's that then there's also um there's, 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 like there's just that not just not enough movies at that level that come out every year. That's... For them to like be in. I guess, like, you know, the, my, my, my takeaway would just be, I, I think um, we need to stop just looking at camera quality as a determinant of, yeah. of, of movies. Because I, I was watching, I was trying to watch The Wedding Party. To be honest, I hadn't seen it like almost yesterday. And I got through halfway and I wanted to puke. Like, I couldn't finish because I, I found out saying it was trash. And I think, like, Chief Daddy is a better movie than The Wedding Party. I, I was also a bit disappointed in, in Lionheart to say the truth um I'm, I'm not sure if you know genevieve is is the actress that we all think she is she might be like a household favorite but came off to me a little stiff and i wasn't i wasn't impressed at all in in, in the movie like i i, I didn't get like uh how I put it down the movie didn't live up to what he was trying to okay what he was trying to be in my opinion, and then it just ended up feeling flat, like like some okay, some I, some of the threads that they were trying to that it seemed like they were trying to run down, like the feminist struggle, and you know a woman underappreciated or something. I don't think they they dwelt on 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 that enough, and for for somebody who was supposed to be like running the business, like in some scenes where she was being asked or where she was supposed to be selling. You know, I, I feel like they could have done like a bit more research to make her sound, to make her sound smarter than than she actually did or came off in the movie. Okay, I think like <clears throat> in terms of like camera, leaving focusing about camera quality and focusing on story. Like to be honest, I don't think camera quality matters. There are a lot of films that uh, have like grainy um, camera quality that I like. And I love films that are not even made on like the most expensive cameras. This, um, what do you call it? Steven Soderbergh made a film that came out, I think, last year. Sorry, I can't remember um, the name of the film. But it's starring this lady that played the queen in The Crown. I forget, I forget her name as well. <clears throat> and he shot that film on an iPhone. And Steven Soderbergh is he's one best direct, a best director Oscar for, I think, was it Erin Brockovich or or um 
Traffic, he won Best Director for one of the two. He was nominated for two films for Best Director in the same year. And he won one of them. I can't remember which one. But, like, he made a film on an iPhone. Because it's, it's not that important. There's a lot of camera gymnastics and the whole people that focus on all the technical, but not the artistic point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an issue. Because film and TV, it's half technical, it's half, and it's half artistic. If you don't get the artistic part down, the technical will be shallow, will make everything seem shallow. And I think maybe that's a problem that a lot of people have. That's the perception that a lot of people have. But again, I, th- I always say like there's a lot of good stuff. You just have to find it. There's a lot of good stuff out there. With, because there are, a lot of, there are a lot of good writers in Nigeria. Like there are a lot of very good writers in Nigeria. And not just writers that work for African magic. Like there are a lot of good writers, but a lot of a lot of us work for Africa Magic. Hashtag Africa Magic. Um <laughs> you have to plug your but yeah, plug your employer now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got yeah, but that, that's but a, like it's, it's it's a good segue now because like uh, uh maybe you could say like a bit about where you see the uh, let me say the industry going, like for people like you, James and like young guys that are working let's say right now for Africa Magic and but are trying to like, you know, break out, make the most of the challenges that you face right now in the industry and you know um, where where you see trends going because I, I would imagine that people might be trying to take advantage of things like YouTube like because on YouTube you can just create shows by yourself and start yeah. like um, and then you see like all these smaller boutique um, things like Danny and um, yeah. Red, Red TV Red TV yeah or the ones yeah. that Access Bank does even though even though uh, the, some of the Access Bank shows in my opinion are trash I, I don't I don't know if I'm biased towards GCB but I, I like <laughs> I like like some of the some of the content that GCB had and like um, how I put it now how diverse for example the skinny girl in, in transit story but I, yeah, I, 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 I like blew up it really blew up like everybody was the skinny girl yeah I, I like that I, I like that uh, idea so what, what, what do you think about like you know where, where the industry is going and things like YouTube, how people might be trying to take advantage of that. And what you mentioned as well, like making movies with, with the iPhone and like, you know, being able to do a lot with limited technology now. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of like the YouTube stuff, a lot of people are making um, web series on YouTube. A lot of people. And I think mostly the web series, because in terms of YouTube and monetization and everything, if you like study, because I've done like some studying of YouTube channels and how much money you can make from there, because I've even, I've had, I've thought about, I've been thinking about it for like almost a year now, about, no, for like, no, almost a year, let's say like seven months now, about YouTube and like seeing what you can do over there. Anyway, so a lot of, um, a lot of, um, what you call it, web series down YouTube don't like go anywhere whether it's because of poor marketing because some are good but they just don't have views whether it's because of poor marketing or like just people just didn't connect with them that's where the that's where Issa Rae started now right like she was making yeah Issa Rae started on YouTube yeah then even these girls um that did um Broad City that that did Broad City on Comedy Central they started from YouTube then they found met Amy Polar or something like that then they got a show 
So like if if your show like gets traction, then you can now people can see you and so but in Nigeria is not like America where a big person will now see you and be like, Oh, I want to give you a TV show. Nah. Based on your YouTube series, isn't your YouTube web series is not going to I guess like it does, doesn't depend on how much traction you get, like yeah, views but, and stuff like that. Even yeah, in Nigeria, like, so. most people like in Nigeria, when they're doing YouTube channels, they're using it to like just show, see what I can do. And because people are always on YouTube, so it's possible that someone can see what you've done and be like, oh, take money and do something you want to do. Not like a network will come and be like, oh, I want to make this your YouTube show and make this a full show. But someone can see, like someone with money or a brand can be like, oh, I like what you've done. I want you to do something for us. It's like a calling card or something. So that's yeah. that. The other angle of like YouTube is like just to have a YouTube channel <clears throat> where you can post different types of content. You can post scripted and non-scripted content. The scripted content would be like your normal web series and stuff. You'll be posting them regularly then when your web series is on like hiatus you know post like non-scripted content and other like small things and sketches and stuff and that is mostly so you can earn money off the page so that so the youtube channel is like your business yeah yeah and can earn like get from monetization and stuff you can be earning ad ad dollars from the page and actually making a living off it because that's that some people that people in Nigeria, like YouTubers in Nigeria, that make a ton of money just off YouTubing. Yeah, you, there's I'm not sure there was this sketch one time of one small girl, Emanuela, that was like, Oh, this is not my real face or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that that if you check on Nigerian YouTube, like if you check the trending page every single day, there's one of that the guy that owns the YouTube page, he has one video in the trending page, and his videos do like eight hundred K over a million, steady, in it, like steady, and that just and that turns into ad dollars, and he gets paid because and they drop because the content is very cheap, and it's very short, so you can they can make plenty, and you just be making money like that, ad dollars, ad dollars coming there. Plus they got endorsements off those videos as well. Yes. So yes, that yes. so like now that one, that guy that's his job. So if he has that kind of YouTube channel, if he wants to, he can create a web series and just be airing the web the series on his YouTube channel. Like every Wednesday, we're dropping a sitcom, 15 minutes, boom, they drop it. Next Wednesday, drop another one, and like that, they now have a web a proper proper web series on their YouTube channel, and they have a lot of followers, and they can make serious ad money from it. <clears throat> so that's like the YouTube landscape. What, what, what about uh, like um, what about something like like I know I guess Netflix dipped their tools with Lion Hearts, but what do you think about like the future for you know foreign um, studios or companies like Netflix generally like making content in Africa? Because you know Netflix like for some reason they just haven't come to Nigeria yet. They they do like they've done like a bunch of Asian shows. I think they have some Indian ones. Some, some, yeah, they some they even have like South African shows. Yeah. I think I think they I think they will come to Nigeria, and when they come to Nigeria, it's about them meeting the right people, <clears throat> and not meeting like meeting the right people, like the right creative minds, and not yeah. the people that will try and make schlock or nonsense. Yeah, yeah. if they get if they meet the right creative minds, they'll be able to 
if they come to Nigeria, they won't leave. <clears throat> because there'll be a, a ton of people that have a ton of content for the Nigerian market. Like people in Nigeria, Nigerians abroad to watch on Netflix. There's a lot. There are a lot of people that can make original content for Netflix. I think if they come to Nigeria, or when, let me not say if I think they will, so like when they come to Nigeria <clears throat> to find content or to mine for content here, it'll be great. I mean, do, do, do I'm you not think sure. they'll be coming to, to mine, or is not probably somebody that they would have connected with somewhere that they will now come to Nigeria, I guess, after already having like um, found something they want to make? Yeah. I think I'm that that okay. That's down. I'm not really sure of that one. So I think that if they again, it depends on who they meet. If they meet someone that is more progressive and is like looking forward and stuff that is in the industry and is a creator and a creative, not more like an executive or something. If they meet someone like that, then what I'm guessing is they will be and they meet the person before they come to like Nigeria. What I'm guessing is. They'll have like what you said, the idea of what they're going to make before they come here already. However, I I personally think that if they come with the mission, like into Nigeria, going on, they come first, they stay somewhere, and they come with the mission of like inviting people to come and pitch. That's where they'll get the best stuff. Yeah, that's. But that obviously, it won't be like it won't be like open pitching now. They'll if they'll like call specific people that are known in the industry and they'll give them opportunities to pitch ideas for shows or movies or whatever. I think that I think that would be the best thing for I mean, Nigeria well, and that would be the best thing for the country. Well, that kind of situation would be that, you know, you know with Nigerians are they probably gatekeepers or, or some people who Yeah that, that yeah that gatekeepers that gatekeepers that might now get all the spaces and for pitching and stuff. I, th- I think I'm not sure how we'll deal with that or how we'll like get those people out or get those people to like not be a part of it, but <clears throat> it's a problem, sure. What, what about that, for you? That's a big problem. Yeah, what, what about for you though? Like, what, what, what do you see like your own, you know, path, path potentially being like, uh, you know, beyond Akmag or within Akmag? I could be, man, I could do both because from multiple streams of of income, man, anywhere benefits. So, like, I could, I, I can stay in Afmag as long as I can stay, but I have to be realistic. I know that eventually there'll be younger people that are more, have more energy and have more drive than me. <clears throat> and they'll <clears throat> take over from me and they'll push me aside. They'll, like, the young people eat the older people. So, I already have yeah. to have that in mind. So, I think the goal for me in the next few years is basically ha- creating my own like personal independent content and creating a lot of it. Creating stuff and pro- by creating like creating producing stuff and move more into producing more into more into producing than actual writing and from there. When I have my own content, I can now sell it. I can now give it to people. Can now um, license it and all that stuff. And I'll be doing that along with doing like contract jobs for something like so for a company like Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think did you get that? No. For like okay, wait. Two minutes. 
You didn't get for like two minutes. Yeah. Are you serious? Okay, let me start again. So about um um on my end. Yeah. <clears throat> like my plan. So my plan is. multiple streams of income, which would be like um, doing work with a company like Africa Magic or Ebony Life TV or MTV, as well as producing my own personal independent stuff so I can at least have ownership of something. Because like when you're working, like you're working for other people, they own the content. You're just an employee. But I want to do that as well as own my own stuff and be able to license stuff out and be able to like sell my own content. Yeah. That's so, that's the plan in the in the next few years I want to start like really doing that seriously and move more into producing than writing. Two two full of questions. So do do you have like your own let me call it your own baby that you're you know you're pushing a lot of effort in like your own project that you're working on? Oh some, yeah, I have, some, I, I, I have a few. You have a, a few, few children. Yeah, yeah, a few children. Is is there? Can I put it now? I guess like people work like to a like a magnum opus of sorts now, like a breakout, like a breakout um production or something. Is there one that you're putting a lot of your effort in, or are these just all children that you love? Because no, that I think in terms of like a film, there's one that I've put a lot of effort in. I've finished writing. <clears throat> um, I've written like a few film scripts before, but I've scrapped them because I didn't like them for one reason or the other. But there's one that I've done and I've completed. I'm actually like editing out typos and stuff now that I think, okay, that's the one. Then secondly, there's, in terms of like a TV show that's two or that's two, that four that I think are solid, but of all the ones that they like that are created by me, there's one drama that I have, then one sitcom that I think are like the golden children. Those are like the main ones that I'm putting a lot of effort in. That I'm constantly going back to them, constantly like <clears throat> rewriting stuff and working on characters and working on story and working on direction. Those are the two. You, 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 you want to finish working on it before you start looking for someone to bankroll it, maybe? Or I think I've, I've, um, I've, what do you call it? Worked on them enough to the point where, oh, if someone reads it, they can bring money for it. However, I know, like deep down, like I'm not ready to like produce. So, I've been like, this year I've started going, I've started working on sets more. Because I want to learn more about the like the gritty nature of production and everything, so I want to learn all the dirty shit and get more connections. So for for for, for those who don't know, what's the difference between like producing and you know, or, or, or what does a producer do essentially? Pr- producing is basically project management. Because like, and when I say producer, like that different roles. In like, like um, a production, there's the producer, there's the produ- production manager, the product, um, what do you call it? There's the, the director. <clears throat> yeah, the director. There's the assistant. The assistant director itself is more, is less directing than producing. Then there's the project 
um, production co um, coordinator, that's the PC that I love levels, but the pro producer is the person that is in charge of everybody. It's doing scheduling for the shoots, what things you're going to shoot first, doing budgeting, because you have the um, production um, accountants as well. So you do budgeting, figuring out costumes, trying to get actors, doing all that stuff. So once I want to learn that stuff, like hands, be hands on and learn that stuff well. And I've been on two sets this year where I've like just taken a deep dive into production. But that, that, that doesn't seem like it involves like creativity. Are you trying to? No, it's, 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 no, I'm not trying. Production is also um, creative, but like it's adding more logic. Because as a creative, you like as a writer now, you think wild and you think of all these crazy shit that you want to do. But as a producer, you can um, then bring it down and control it. Production is more controlled. As a like as a producer, you have to if, if producers that don't have creative minds will not be able to make good good content because they don't know what's good, they don't understand story, they don't understand why things matter. But that's why, as a writer, going trying to um, branch into production and into producing and doing both at the same time, I'll have the creative part and the logical part and the technical part down. And you need both of them to make and produce your own shows. Because I can't just be a writer and now say I'm producing my own show and just enter there. I would yeah. like, yeah, so I want to like be in it first and continue writing. Then now go for my own and make, try and make my own stuff and meet people that can get, I can get funding to make. I also use my own funds to like make what I want to make. Is there, is there anything, you know, in the pipeline, I guess like on, any of the aftermath shows you're working on that we should look out for? Yeah, um, there's an aftermath show I'm working on. Um, it's called... Actually, I can't say what it's called. Legal Reasons again. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but like, there's an aftermath show soon. I'm working Coming out soon, this year in the next few months. <laughs> We've started scripting already, so in the next few months, it'll come out. It's another, like, um, soap. 260 episodes. Then I'm there's a sit, there's a sitcom, it, an independent sitcom um, by Pinpoint Studios. That's a studio that I work with a lot, a small independent studio that I work with a lot, and we're doing a sitcom, and I'm head writing the sitcom. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's a big step for me. So basically, head writing is <clears throat> I am organizing. All, I'm, I'm organizing all the screenwriters and I'm assigning scripts to who gets them. I'm organizing workshops and making like executive decisions in terms of story and the direction of the show now. So I'm the head writer for that show. And that show should, we're shooting it this year. The first season of the show, 26 episodes this year. And um, it should come out by the end of the year or by the beginning of next year. What's the logic behind making so many episodes at once? At once? Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, like, you know, you said, like, the workshop you first mentioned, you, you guys stretched out for about 26 episodes worth of stories. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you said 26 again. I think like, it's... I, I, I guess, what? like, you know, for money, I guess, like, you want to yeah, yeah, have yeah. it on as long as possible, but with regards yeah. to, like, the... Uh, 
preserving how I put it now, quality of story. And not stretching stuff. Yeah, not stretching it. You know, so, uh, how, how would you like deal with that? Because it seems like a lot of the time there's a lot of filler content or, you know, drag things out, like make the conversations even more mundane than they need to be just because you need to fill out like 260 episodes of 26. Like, isn't there something okay. to breaking stuff into seasons? And, you know? Okay, yeah. Um. Okay. So, in, in what do you call it? The way we do things, like, mostly in Nigeria is, like, how networks do it, like, in America. Where, like, net, for, like, the average network sitcom has, like, 20-something episodes and stuff. Then it's only, we don't, networks don't, like, network sitcoms don't do, like, like, cable. Then HBO, Netflix does that as well. <clears throat> and I, those uh, networks in America do it, like, mostly for ad revenue, to get as much ad revenue in. And it's the same thing here. You, we need volume in terms of content. Like, just being, like, straight with you, we need, like, volume in terms of content. So what we, we try to avoid that whole um, filler content by making as many storylines as possible so that there's no space for filler. So we have excess almost. That's what we try and do. And even, like, in terms of, of like, seasons, technically, what, the way we do, like, those 260 episode shows, because, like, is it soap operas are daily shows. So, yeah. like, how you have Days of Our Lives or the Telemundo telenovelas. So they show it every day, and we show every day for, like, a year or so. So in order to <clears throat> get fill up every single day. That's why you need 260 episodes. And we, yeah, there are no, like, visible seasons in the show, but in the writer's room, the way we come up with the story, it's like we're doing it in seasons. Mm. So, like, we can, use, we can come up with story for the first 60 episodes in a workshop, then we'll go. Then we'll now come for another workshop, do another 60, then we'll go. That's like season two. Come for another workshop, do like 80 season three and we'll go and that's how we like come up with this story you would imagine that a 260 episode show would you know have some serious character development in it so by the time if somebody's watching the show by the time they watch like the progression of a character from from episode one to episode 260 you should be blown away by how much the character has developed but i guess like you don't always find that to be to be the case now they usually just see people who are dealing with different problems. Yeah, I understand that perfectly. But, like, it's, it's not every character that goes through that same journey of change and everything. It's not every single character. Because you have to, like, understand, like, doing two, it's madness. Doing 260 episodes of a TV show in 12 months is should send you to, like, the psych ward. It's not normal behavior to want to do something like that. Like, it's insane what we're doing. But to, back to your um, observation. Yeah, not every character is given the chance to have that change, that big change, but we'd always try to. Because when we're, like, developing characters, we always, every character has <clears throat> a strength, they have a weakness, they have a need, and they have a want. The want is what the character in his, like, 
basically what the character as he is now, what he thinks he is gunning for, or he or she is gunning for. That's the character's want. But it's never what the character needs to become better and to overcome that weakness. So we always create the need, which is like, the person might want to become the MD of a company, but what they need to do is to take care of themselves more and focus more on their personal life, not their professional life. So that's what, it, once you have all those things in place, it wants to need weakness and strength. You can now, eventually, the character must turn and become different. That's why you have characters that are like obnoxious or like um, assholes that become more tender and caring or more empathetic. Once you put all those things in place, the character must turn. He, he, he will always turn. The stories will come out. The stories will just be coming out, and the stories will help you make the character turn. Oh, that, but like I said, not every character has to turn because like not every there are some characters are act types that the reason why we like them is because they don't change. Like we need them to be that way because that like help us for the other characters. Most of them are like sub characters that help us yeah. for the other characters to become to, like change and to become better people. For like a few seconds, there blanked out. Okay, no problem. Yeah, well, let's 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 segue to to let me see like the closing um, segment. Um, I, I'm guessing that you're optimistic about like you know the future of, of movie making in and like making of TV shows in in Nigeria. Nigeria, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in terms of like um, in terms of like the direction of, of stories, what, what kind of stories do you think would potentially see coming? From, from people in the pipeline, I'm, I'm I'm seeing a lot of like like Chief Daddy and and um, and Wedding Party, Wedding Party Two. I get the impression that that model of ensemble cast, ensemble cast, right. it's situational um, comedy or something where yeah. you know there's an event and it's an ensemble cast and the we're supposed to just enjoy the hiccups and things that go on along along the way. I think, um, like, in terms of TV, I think we're going to see more, eventually, I think we're going to see more character-driven TV, like how you have, like how Sopranos, the Sopranos changed TV, like, everywhere in the world. I think we're going to see that very soon, because we don't have TV shows that are centered around a, a one big anti-heroic character. Yeah that we follow and everything is about this person, like how we have the Sopranos or Breaking Bad or Ray Donovan or Dexter or shows like that. Yeah. We don't have shows like that currently. I think even in drama, Nigerian drama, I think that's what's going to happen. That's where we're going to. I think also we're going to see more complex stories in terms of like, and complex genres, like seeing more dark comedies seeing more um, psychological drama, seeing more thrillers in TV as well. In film, I think, again, a lot of, right now, there are a lot of comedies that come out every year, and the dramas don't get enough love. I think there's going to be one film that is going to, like, 
bridge that gap <clears throat> and it's going to be not only in terms of story very well crafted but have elements of thriller good like very entertaining elements of thriller comedy and drama all mixed in one to make something that is <clears throat> not like pleasing to everybody but like it's so particular in tone and in style that everybody will want to see it that's what i think i think once we now i think that would be like the film to like break the ceiling. ceiling yeah the ceiling yes what about like issues like um extra stuff you hear about like i don't know like sexual harassment i know like in the industry do you think the industry has advanced beyond things like that i think we haven't i, I don't think so i still think that there are um wherever there's power there will be people that will abuse that power yeah yeah so like we haven't been we haven't had any situation where people have been called out on whatever sexual harassment or like normal casting couch now yeah sleep with me for the past all that stuff it happens everywhere but we haven't we haven't we have i don't i'm not sure if this we're even ready but I hope we're ready. We'll be ready soon. Sure. But we haven't reached the level where the stage where people there's are been a coming out. Yeah, there, yeah, there hasn't been a reckoning yet. We haven't reached the stage where actresses and some actors have, have come out and said, "This person in particular, this, this did this thing to me." Because I know Uche Jumbo, she was interviewed by like I think Hip TV, <clears throat> and they were talking to her, and she was like, "Yes, that like some directors have tried to have sex with me and producers and stuff." Like tried to have sex with me for a past. And when I said no, by the time I went to set, I'd been replaced by someone else. So like these things happen all the time. Like all the time. Like everywhere. Everybody. You may not know anyone in particular. But you just but know it, that it's happening. You know that it happens. That's some people like this person, there's no way. There's no way. You don't have no. Then you hear like whispers. But again, if you don't have solid proof, there's no point coming forward. Because Nigeria is a very patriarchal society. They'll swallow you up. Definitely. And, you, and, and like, you don't have a career anymore. And everybody's afraid because people need to make money. So I think unless someone gets like solid proof and they have enough people behind them, that's when stuff will change. Yeah, but for we... now, if, like, you can't, like, a normal guy can't come out and say, oh, this producer sleeps with girls for money. Not, nothing is going to happen. The only thing that will happen is that your career will die. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Because you don't have proof. You don't have concrete proof to use against this person. With regards to the money thing, that, that's why I, I, just, I spend some time on YouTube. It's because I, I, feel, I feel like you know, YouTube is your way around needing this is really like All those big, people. Yeah, big backing. And, yeah. You know, like a, a lot of people are making, again, like traction through through youtube and if you have like a group of people that are committed you guys could work on your own projects like with whatever limited resources and you know make like a stylistic uh stylistic thing and shoot like a few things and, and make make youtube the the way to like put out your own your your own stuff out there well, yeah yeah i have i know someone someone that works with one of my mentors that's what he's saying he has a youtube channel now where he puts out all his like weird web series that could not be um 
would not work or no one would accept on like normal Nigerian TV. So like he's putting all his bread ideas down on the YouTube channel now. Well, that's the so last question would be about things like, um, how do I put it now? Um, let, me, let me call them R18, R18 concepts yeah. or themes in Nigerian movies. Adult stuff like, content. Adult content, yeah. Stuff like violence and, and, and sex, they, they still seem pretty not um, not common. I, for, for violence, yeah. I, I'm not sure if we have like the effects necessary to to see through for for sex and yeah. the most the most that they're doing is still maybe just making out and then yeah cut to clothes on the floor in bed yes i think i think okay for man i love violence i love seeing like ultra violence in films i love seeing blood spraying everywhere i love that shit but again like you said the effects the effects are a lot although you, i think i guess i feel like there's a way to do it because I've been, I've had it in my head, and I've been thinking about like a way to do violence without doing violence. Because again, we live in a country that is very hypocritical, and a lot of people are forming religious, and they're just saying shit, and they'll now complain about your movie and try and get it banned. But like, there's a way, there's a roundabout way to do violence without doing violence. I, I believe there is, and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, where it's not. It's like when you're reading a book and it, some violent shit is happening in the book, you don't see it, but you fill in the gaps, yeah. Yeah. the images in your head. I feel like you can do that for film, and I feel as it has been done before. I can't I, right now, like off the top of my head, I can't think of any film that. Wait, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Okay. There's a scene in Reservoir Dogs where a guy gets his ear cut off. We don't see the ear getting cut off. However. You, you can hear the guy screaming because the camera pans away. Then later, you know, the, the guy that caught the air, holding the air and talking into the air. So you can feel the that, violence. Yeah, the violence, but you don't see it. And the same thing happened in Scarface, aha, where there's a, there's a thing where a guy gets killed with a chainsaw. You don't see the killing with the chainsaw. Yeah, you just but see the blood Exactly. Yeah, so, so yes. So that's a way to show violence without showing violence. Then, like, in terms of sex, ah, nobody, nobody would even want to do the sex thing. Because they'll be like, if I know how to do the sex, my mother will see it. If people in the church will not see it, I'll have to go and do deliverance in church. So I guess obviously my husband, they're, they're, my they're, husband they're, won't allow me. That, that actress is in Nigeria. Yes, it's, it's cultural. The actress is in Nigeria that don't kiss. Really? On screen. There are actresses in Nigeria that do not kiss. My husband said I should not kiss. I mean, me, me personally, I'll say that those ones are not ready now. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the... the Fam, if you see, yeah, like, we are casting, we are doing casting for a show. And someone now told me, oh, we're trying to cast this person. I'm like, ah, this person is perfect. That's how someone now said, ah, that one, that one, we know they kiss. I was like, what? She doesn't kiss? Yeah, her husband says she can't kiss. Her husband says she can't kiss, she can't kiss. What would she do? So that one has really limited the roles that she can do and the amount of money she can make just because she knows the kids. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. That's like the sex and violence. I think, but it's, again, it's the same. Eventually, there will be like a sexual revolution in Nigeria because there was a time when um, 
in America, like the yeah. Marilyn Monroe time, yeah. where she wear like low cut dresses and her dress be flying up, and people are like, "Oh my God, this scandalous. is scandalous!" Like, and yeah. she's showing her back. Oh my God, her back. That when even now anything goes, and even yeah. till today in America, there are some things that are not acceptable in America, but in European cinema, is there open because oh, yeah. Europeans are more open about their sexuality and everything. You see films like by um, Las Ventreas, like um, Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and 2, where there's just sex. There's tons of sex, and it's not stimulated sex. The actors really had sex. They say that they switched them with like body doubles, but there was real proper sex in the film. And that is a, it's a film that came out in theaters. I had Shia LaBeouf, I had Uma Thurman. I hear you, like, the, the cultural, I guess, like, cultural yeah. issues, and then it's just in general, like, hypocrisy about, like, you know... It's general hypocrisy and the cultural thing, yeah. Cultural Absolutely. thing, and it's also, like, like you said, like, a need for sexual revolution for women to be able to feel more um, empowered to be sexual beings, because, you know... I don't, I don't think, oh, what, what will my mother say, or what will people in church say, or what this... Because Ni- trust Nigerians, it, it I don't even, I wouldn't even want to write like a sex scene because I know how it will affect the lady that will have to act in that scene. Because yeah. I know, trust me, if the woman is walking down the street, someone will call her a shell, someone will throw water on her, no mouth, Nigeria. Yeah, we, we need to, people need to be educated to not be ascribing a woman's value to anything that has to do with, with, with sex. Yeah. But we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I yeah. guess like the last thing I will talk about is maybe an, an animation or animated animated movie yeah. or TV shows, do you, do you see any um, landscape for that or... Uh, oh yeah, there's a, studio called, there's a studio um, called Antel Studios in Nigeria. They make animated um, content. They, I think that um, there's a, they brought out like test footage for like a film that I'm making about an alien that comes to, that lands in Ibadan. And the ship isn't working, so it's some orphans in an orphanage in Ibadan, and now trying to help it so it can go back home. Like that, that, and they were trying to like crowdfund the film, and I think the videos came out like last year, and it's very good. Like the animation is very, very, very good. But I guess the animation costs a lot too. It costs so much money. So for you to do it, you need like to do it well, because those people they do it well. There are a lot of people that do like animation here and there, and it's not great. But like these Antel people, like they have a lot of projects that are lined up, and a lot, all of like a lot of them, if not all of them, by Antel look great. But the issue now is the funding, because the amount of money you need to make a full-length animated film, it will, it will destroy your pocket. So you can you need to get external funding. You need to get funding from a lot of backers, and a lot of backers that will believe that oh, when we put this thing. And I, I would even advise them to put it in the cinema, if I'm being honest. Because how many cinemas are there in Nigeria? How much more would they make? When I, most Nigerians that go to cinema don't watch Nigeria, don't, like, there are a lot of people that would watch, that would be impressed by a Nigerian animated film like that. Uh, either people in the film, in, film industry that will all go to watch it, or the people that, other people would be impressed are like, <clears throat> people like that our age. And most people our age don't like watching Nigerian movies like that. 
yeah. or people that are on Twitter. Fam, if you like bank on Twitter people, your film isn't going to sell. If Twitter people, people are talking about it, they're not going. They're <laughs> Twitter not people can talk. They're not watching it. They can talk. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I want Nigerian film that's like this. Where the nasty trailer? They're like, yeah, I love this trailer. Go and watch the film. Mm, don't go. I don't go and watch the film. It's Facebook people. Facebook people watch your film. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, people, Twitter people aren't going anywhere. They're in the house. Or they're watching, like, the new Avengers movie. Yeah, I would say that, like, to my mind, the best way to maybe get people of say Twitter to watch is maybe to tell some of the really like classic stories that we have. So we have like for example things like the Biafran War. We have like all these famous um people like the one cannibal one time that was eating people. Yeah Clifordogy. Like, Clifordogy we have we have somebody yeah. like um, have, have you have you heard of anybody that's been named Clifford after that guy? <laughs> In Nigeria I was thinking I, I don't know anybody <laughs> That name that child crippled after that guy. After that guy, he was eating children. Like, I'll think about it in the last year. Like, I don't know a clip. I'm sure somewhere in the East. I'm sure somewhere. No, sure. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the East. So many places where you call Clifford. We name everybody anything there. I, I wouldn't put it past, past them. But yeah, like, for all you, like, there's their famous, um, famous bank robber, Alicia or something like that. You yeah. understand? There, there's all these, there's all these stories about, like, all these deities and, like, rich you know, like African culture and, and and Nigerian stories that that, that we have to tell. But, yeah, stories uh, are inherently Nigerian. Stories are inherently Nigerian. Stories that are how yeah. I put it now legendary. So it's something that you understand the average Nigerian who wants to see because you know the Twitter guy might be thinking, my two thousand would I spend it on Black Panther or or this story about whatever Nigerian thing that's happening? But if it was a story about Let's say some something historical, do you understand, or like a big yeah. budget, a big budget uh, movie about Ogun uh, or or Ifa or something like that. Some of these like you know Nigerian gods, because like if you think about like the mythology that we have in Nigeria is is as diverse very rich, and yes. as rich as yeah. as rich as any like Greek mythology, anyone, yeah, yeah. Or anyone, yeah. But like we don't we don't even just like no, no one is is trying to tell any. There's an, an actually there's an animated thing. I'm not sure whether it's that like there's another company that is doing an animated stuff on Shongo. I'm not sure whether it's a TV show or like a um, movie, but they're doing that as well. The thing again about all those period films are mad expensive. Like even like imagine now you want to make you want to recreate like Lagos in the nineties. You have first of all you have to have tons of extras wearing tons of clothes that was people that wanted in the 90s it's it's a lot it's a lot you change all the fans in the house you change all the furniture you all the tvs everything because there's a film um 76 that came out two years ago i think so three years ago i can't remember yes i think it was three years ago 76 and it's set during the coup of 1976 and it is like in terms of production design, they got everything to the cars, to everything. <clears throat> but it cost a ton of money and it took them a very long time to make that film. A very long time to make it. If, again, last last is money. Because I, I have a guy that writes a lot of like <clears throat> stories about African, like Nigerian gods, and people with like those 
mystical powers and all that stuff. But he writes them mostly for comic books, like Nigerian comic books. Because it's easier to like bring out your vision in a comic book than to bring it out in a film or a television show. Yeah, I see that. Although like there's a because like there's a there's I there's a like I had an idea one time about like a <clears throat> a group of like people that have because that I was trying to like work around the whole making it in the past because of the money. Because <clears throat> I have to think like that now. So I was like, okay, what if it's in the present? What if those people or people those people have found themselves in the present? What will happen? So I was not developing stories like that. But again, I was not thinking CGI. You need CGI, CGI heavy. If CGI. you have Strongo in present day. Yeah. Strongo is like it's, yeah, it's slow now. So yeah. <laughs> it is thunder and, and lightning, yeah. And lightning, yeah. It's a lot. Or what would happen if, you know, we found some zombies and the zombie apocalypse happened in in Nigeria? Like just had the reaction yeah. be, the reaction would be uniquely different from from the reaction in the walking dead. In any other country. Yeah, yeah exactly. in that country it's be unique to so yeah, yeah, I mean obviously I would say like the future hopefully is bright for guys like you and people trying to make like movies. We we we've clocked like an hour at thirty minutes, so I think that maybe I've taken enough of your time. Dude, I, I, I appreciate like you you agreeing to do this, man, to be my my guinea pig. I know no, 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 no.